This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust, this is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by the formerly pure of soul Anna Forsythe at 84603. Welcome, Anna. God, my mom's going to listen to this and be like, what happened? Um, It's it's the stuff that happens before we click record, and that'll never be shared. Yeah, and I choose not to contextualize it. Um, But it's true. At one point in my life, I was pure. Um, Now I am sullied, and now I'm sad because... We are now rudderless. We are leaderless. We are captainless, Chris. You are. I mean, I, I thought we were going to be talking about uh, the Vancouver Canucks trading uh, former uh, captain Trevor Linden to the New York Islanders back on February 6, 1998. Right? That's what we're talking about? Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny how things kind of go that way. Either. Yeah. It, yep. It, it, I think we had all come to the realization that Bo Horvat's tenure as a Vancouver Canuck was likely up. I mean, we knew this sort of going into the last few weeks, even post, uh, you know, bye bye Bruce. Um, we're going to talk about a, a contract that we had not believed would be happen uh, or would have happened, um, happening. And that was the writing on the wall, you know, unfortunately, um, Bo <laughs> mm-hmm. is no longer a Vancouver Canuck. He's not. I mean, if we're listening to him, he thought he might be one for life. Unfortunately, that's not been the case. But yeah, we we did see the writing on the wall. Um, it's still shocking 
you know, seeing it actually come to fruition. Um, but yeah. we knew it was going to happen sooner or later, sadly. Yeah. But if for some reason, like, why are you being around the bush? Yes. Bo Horvat traded to the New York Islanders. Um, this is the second time in uh, 25 years-ish that the Vancouver Canucks and the Isles have uh, consummated a trade, which, which happened to have the Vancouver Canucks captain go the other direction. I said consummated a trade. Yeah. Don't be rolling your eyes at me. Also, I mean, they just, you know, they bided their time. They traded away that um, pick um, for Corey Schneider. <laughs> well, that was a devil. So, yeah, and then... So, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the pick that Bo Horvat, yeah. you know, was, was originally an Islanders pick. We're going to get then into the return, went. but I mean, a, pick, a pick's yeah. coming back. So what you're saying is that whomever the Vancouver Canucks draft with this pick, when they get an opportunity to do so, will eventually find their way back into the uh, the hands of uh, Long Island. I mean, maybe, yeah. I, I mean, I was saying that the Islanders were playing the long game, but, like, maybe it's the even longer game. It was just, like, you know, trade their pick to New Jersey, New Jersey, trade it to Vancouver, they eventually get it back. Um, mm-hmm. Trade that pick away, and they eventually get it back. Yeah, maybe it's just, like, eventually they'll come home. Lou likes what he gives away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll get into all of that uh, in a, a short moment of rewind. Uh, obviously, new coach. We we're going to talk about his first week as a uh, Vancouver Canuck, which we might. Um, there's obviously a deal that uh, did get signed. Uh, we'll talk about that, and uh, you know, it isn't an episode uh, of C four if we don't have an opportunity to roll our eyes at uh, hockey culture within the NHL. So uh, let's. Uh, Let's wind the show up just a smidge and talk about today's breaking news. I uh, was out uh, on the road when the trade uh, went down. Uh, I had to go and pick up the kid from uh, from after school care and, and a couple of errands. And uh, when I got home, there's a bunch of messages in C4 Discord. Um, and I'm like, what? Bo got traded? Because... I didn't think it would necessarily happen now with it being sort of the um, quote unquote bye week. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it can't, but it just I felt like if it was going to occur probably into February, I, I didn't think Bo would remain a Vancouver Canuck up to the deadline. No, I think it was, um, it was definitely coming to a head, but yeah, as you say, it's still kind of shocking when it actually happens. I mean, you were on the road, um, at least unlike, uh, Brendan Bachelor, who was in a pool in Mexico, his wife went up to the room and said, yeah, I think you better get out. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, just to recap for those that aren't completely aware as to what the deal includes, uh, the Vancouver Canucks are sending uh, their now former captain, Bo Horvat, to the New York Islanders. Uh, in exchange, the Vancouver Canucks have acquired forwards Anthony Beauvillier, uh, Aturati and a protected 2023 first round draft pick. So uh, the protection is that the Islanders have the ability to say if it's between picks one and 12 in the 2023 draft, we're going to keep that one this year. They have the right to keep it. They don't necessarily have to. And then right. if they exercise that right for 2023, 2024 is, is wide open. It is a Canucks pick regardless of where the Islanders uh, wind up having it. Um, 
let's be honest, it's likely going to be a 2023 first round pick with sort of where the Islanders are and, you know, how and the draft outside. lottery works. Yeah, yeah, like what a mid-round first, mid-first round pick. Um, yeah. That's more than likely to be the case. Yeah. Um, and I should also note uh, the Vancouver Canucks are uh, uh, holding back 25% of Bo's uh, salary. So uh, that which was allowed a nice detail that Lou added. Well, <laughs> you know, he, 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 that's Lou being Lou. But let's be honest, any deal that the Vancouver Canucks were going to make for Bo Horvat was likely with them um, retaining some salary. It's not a big issue. It's this season's money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's you know, less than 1.5. I actually and- yeah. You know, look at it as being a sign that the Vancouver Canucks aren't going to suddenly go and decide, oh, we're going to try to get into the playoffs. No, this is, hey, we're going to actually use our cap intelligently, retain some money, ownership's agreeing to pay for a little bit. Bigger deal. Cool. Cool beans. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what was your um, immediate reaction to the return? I well in 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 complete transparency, I don't know enough about Beauvillier or or Radius to say. Oh, this yeah. is great. I think apparently, according to our East Coast friends, it's Ratu, which is very confusing. oh Ratu. Yeah. Okay, I did not know this, but I will obviously get One this under day. my my hat. Uh, you know, shortly. Um, I don't know enough about Beauvillier or Ratu. It's going to be difficult to. Yeah. <laughs> pronounce seeing that why. But what I have heard and read is that the, you know, he's got some significant upside. Um, whereas Beauvillier, uh, he's probably your young prospect filling in second, third, maybe a Jag, what have you. But what I like is this obviously first round pick. I'm all about the picks. And when I compare how conversation is going in the Canucks sort of sphere to the conversation happening in the Islanders sphere, yeah, the Islanders sphere doesn't feel they got the good end of the bargain, which gives me much more hope. I understand there are some out there who are like the Canucks should have gotten more for Bo. I'm thinking they learned their lesson with JT Miller. Yeah, especially with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they could have. Maybe as we got closer to the deadline, more teams might be in play. But the Vancouver Canucks weren't in a position where they wanted to risk not having a a decent deal. If someone doesn't like this, I think they can accept that, okay, it's decent. It's just not enough. But then when I look at how, you know, Islanders fans, Islanders media are looking at this and are like, whoa, man. How did the Vancouver Canucks get Ratty, who is considered to be like the Isles' top prospect, um, as well as a first-round pick for both? Right. And I think it's interesting because I think it does speak to, like, yeah, one, Ratty's potential. And honestly, Beauvilliers could be what well, he does seem to be, like, he's the kind of guy that put it in with the right um, players. Um, Coffelius Patterson, that his sort of scoring could pick up again. Um, I think that speaks to both that, but also how underrated Bo Horvath is. Like, Lou, like, damning with faint praise, says that he's on the verge of having a career year. Like, he's one goal away. Like, he's tied his best 
goal scoring record in January. Like that is underselling it, I think. He's having a career year. Um but you know, Vancouver Canucks games are on late. Team sucks. Yeah. So the um you know, other part of this deal and and what's believed to be the case is that the Islanders are pretty darn serious about keeping Bo long-term. Like this is not a rental. Um, and you know, there were some who were to suggest that, well, why didn't the Vancouver Canucks give the Islanders permission to already negotiate that and try to get more? I'd actually accept that type of argument because we've heard this all along. The Vancouver Canucks apparently, um, weren't interested in giving many teams an opportunity to go to the player, talk to the agent, which, sure, yeah. I mean, with Bo, you that ship had sailed, right? Like you, you went and signed, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. You know, Kuzmenko with the money that ultimately you may have had available for for a Bo Horvat deal. So at this point, what's the harm in allowing teams to chat? Because you're not you're not getting this guy back. Um, but then, you know, you up the ante, right, with a, a signed player. Um, but there was a I was reading just sort of before we hit record um, the hot rumor is that Horvat could potentially get seven at 8.5, um, which if he does awesome for him, mm-hmm. there ain't no way the Vancouver Canucks could sign that. And honestly, even if JT Miller had been traded, I'm not sure if I'd have wanted the Canucks to sign it either at that price. And this is not a knock against Bo. No, I am. I'm just, I feel yeah. that it, it, the Canucks need to figure out their money troubles. And while, yes, players like Bo Horvat, JT Miller, eventually, you know, in a couple of seasons, Pedersen, these are players that are going to cost you big bucks. You need to buy some time to figure out your problems first. And I hope they do by the time PD needs yeah. his deal. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, I don't think I would have hated that deal in the Bo does seem like that's the kind of deal he deserves but should the Canucks be the ones to sign that no probably not even if JT Miller is gone um yeah it did seem a bit stubborn that the Canucks were not letting teams talk to Bo's camp but it did seem to me that they really didn't like they didn't give up the fight until right at the end like they believed that they could still persuade all that to sign a cheaper deal I think right up until the end which seems mm-hmm. delusional to me, honestly. But yeah, I mean, Bo was like ready to make it work right up until I'm sure. Well, I mean, he said in his, his press conference that, yeah. you know, this past summer and early, like he thought he was a Canuck for life. He had just, based on everything he was hearing, the team wanted him back. He wanted to stay. Um, they just needed to, you know, get a deal done. And for whatever reason, they went to Miller first. Like I, I, I genuinely don't understand how Horvat and Horvat camp, presuming what they are sharing is truthful, because again, we're relying on what they're saying, would ha- believe that they were back to suddenly see, oh, so you've gone in a different direction. And then there's a part of me that wonders, is that a reaction of, oh my goodness, we've got this player who's quite literally said, I'm not talking contract once the season starts in JT Miller. We're going to lose him. We don't want to. We got Bo Horvat, who hasn't dropped that same thing. In fact, they were chatting. It's just the money just wasn't adding up. And then, hey, look who's having a career year. (laughs) 
But I mean, um, yeah, I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but like apparently the Canucks were just panicking because they were trying to get either Bo or JT signed and they didn't want to get no one signed. They didn't want to <laughs> go into the off se- the new season with no one signed. But like the logic of that is just so ridiculous. Like well, that's so it, stupid. It may be ridiculous, but if you were to look at those two players, I think you could probably have Bo Horvat under contract and extended before puck drops at the start of the season. If you haven't already committed the money you have to JT Miller. Now, are you likely in a position where JT Miller is no longer a Vancouver cannot come trade deadline? Yeah. If his camps made it very clear, we're not going to talk contract during the season. You, you trade him. like you, you mm. you're not really given much of an opportunity, but what does that mean? You've not tied up the money you have on a, a, a Miller who's having an off season. And hopefully it's just, an off season and not a complete regression because the contract kicks in next year. And you've got Bo Horvat to a number that's probably much more reasonable than the one that the Islanders and failing them, the market will pay come free agency. Yeah. I mean, a few things on that. It's just like, to me, it's like you, you make your choice. Like once you sign JT, that's your choice. Like that negates anything you can do with Bo, even though they, you know, they kept offering him things. And like you say, I don't know. To me, how many players do you know that regress in their 29th year and get, like, have a resurgence at 30? Like, it just seems very unlikely, but um, who knows? We've got to believe it to be the case. Um, otherwise, we cry. Yeah, well, we'll always cry. We're Canucks fans. We're yeah, but if you're Bo Horvat and you just you you know you see the JT Miller deal and you think that looks kind of like my deal, um, that's the money that I was hoping to get, and the Canucks are still offering you things, and they're not quite getting there, and you say that's not enough. Like, let's keep talking. That's not enough. Let's and then Kuzmenko deal gets signed, and you think, okay, so if they were really stretching it and not getting near my point like i wonder if the vancouver canucks like i mean we it was very clear like um during the press conference um a couple weeks back they had said as much you know we have a number in mind we know what he's Mm -hmm. worth he's having a career year but we have a like they were trying to explain like we don't feel he's worth as much as he's probably going to get now that's fine. I think Bo Horvat yeah. accepts that that's, that's the yeah. case. I mean, you know, that's not an issue, but it's interesting that the Vancouver Canucks were at one point, not talking to Pat Morris while he was in town in the next breath, talking and providing an offer. And then in the final breath, announcing that uh, Kuzmenko remains in Vancouver um, on a bridge deal at a raise, considerable raise, which he was going to get somewhere. I mean, I don't yeah. know if the number matches what the market might pay. Cause I, I don't know what the market would bear. But uh, that was it. I mean, once that happened, people are like, all right, well, Bo's going somewhere now. Yeah. And look how quick. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, it did happen quite quickly. But yeah. I mean, um, we are where we are, right? You know, we're glad that he's gone somewhere to get a new start. And we're glad he's got a somewhat decent return. So, yeah. I mean, and it's. 
it's better than the alternative of the Vancouver mm-hmm. Canucks sit on a number, don't get it. Next thing you know, lose the player completely, which we have seen not this obviously front office do much. They allegedly did that in the summer, but they didn't lose the player. They just signed them instead. Um, trail down effect, obviously, but, uh, you know, Bo's gone. Now looking back at Bo's time here in Vancouver, uh, he had two playoff seasons his rookie year and uh, the bubble year. I can't imagine if you were to go back in time, seeing the Vancouver Canucks have that much, or, you know, I don't like have such a lack of success (laughs) during his tenure. Like when he joined as a rookie, yeah, the window was closing, but there were some sort of bright spots. And then we started to see that sort of pick up. We have the mirage as to which the bubble happens. Bubble only happens, obviously, for reasons that allow the Vancouver Canucks to get into in the first place, which we've talked about before. But I, I mean, he was a good, good soldier to to use the the analogy. He was yeah. the captain of the team for a reason. He, like, could you imagine if we had seen more seasons of playoff bow? Yeah, I mean, he kind of showed that he really came into his own when he was under pressure. You know, it's not a fun situation being in the bubble playoffs, no fans, all these restrictions, um, so on and so forth. And like Canucks are the underdogs. They have to play in to get there. Um, And then they come up against the champs. And (laughs) Bo Horvat just like really proves himself. But honestly, I think the season before he's made captain was his, like, proving ground. And they sort of piled on the minutes and gave him the tough matchups. And he kind of proved he could do it. So I think that's kind of been his style from the start. It's, like, thriving under pressure. Yeah. Um, now, him going to the Islanders doesn't necessarily guarantee playoff opportunity. Uh, nope. The Isles are... Uh, Actually not. They're closer this season. Um, whether or not they're there next season, I mean, I've seen anyways. Like Taj uh, on on Twitter, a few others had sort of commented about how wouldn't it be something if the Isles were to see that pick drop in to the twelve or below, decide, hey, we're going to keep it this season, and then have like just a crapper the year following, which is possible based on one, their division and the way the Eastern conference is sort of projecting into 23, 24. Um, but I'm not banking on anything ever going to Vancouver Canucks way in that regard. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't trust that. That's how it would shake out. But like, if you're Bo Horvat, right, you've, you, you don't necessarily have much say in this team that you're going to, but if you're going to commit and actually resign with the Islanders, like, what is the sell there? Like, hey, welcome to Long Island. We hope to be good one day. We're closer than Vancouver? <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not going to say they aren't, but I might say are they, which I know is the same thing. But, <laughs> like, I'm, I, I, Vancouver is at the bottom. But let's be honest. Yeah. If Vancouver were to have traded considerably their top prospect for – a good player in Bo Horvat, but that doesn't move the needle enough to make you a playoff contender. I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe the I, Isles I, have I, more I, going I, on that we don't know yet. Yeah. 
don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that the Isles are like, you know, one player away and Bo Horvat was that player. Like, I just think they're just not. I mean, they've got a lot of money tied up in um, Coquitlam's Matt Barzell, which is his full name, by the way. Um, Coquitlam's Matt Barzell. Yeah, yeah, that's the full name. From Maple Ridge. That would make it much more. Yeah, I know he's from from the Express. Yeah, yeah. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Mark Brazel and Anders Lee, who that's a goalie name, and you still can't convince me that that he's a forward. Um, But, like, they're not, they don't have as much money tied up as Canucks do. So I'm just saying they are closer than Vancouver. I'm not saying they're close or, like, they're actually still pretty far away. Um, I just don't think it's as much of a mess as Mike. So off the rails a little bit, the New York Islanders still have Ricky DiPietro tied up in buyout. Now he was, he was bought out when the teams were provided the amnesty buyout. Right. Um, but he, the, the buyout runs, so this team is essentially, I mean, it must be a lump sum. Like if it's not a lump sum, Ricky DiPietro has been making $1.5 million a season since 13-14 and will continue to do so until 28-29. That's wild, isn't it? Like, I mean. Like, honestly, I was just like, is he Michael DiPietro's dad? Like, he's old, like, right? He's, you know, Luongo old. Um, let's see. So Ricky's first season, um, was 0506. Um, okay. So he's currently 41. He was born in 81, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So uh, like, he assigned two contracts person. to a value of $70 million. Yeah, and he's, he's not old for a person. He's old for a while. That's <laughs> still yeah. getting paid on someone's books. Uh, the yeah. length so yeah, so the the deal he signed in 0607 uh was a 15-year deal. What one five. Yeah. Uh, valued at 675, <laughs> which you know, people suggested that Luongo had a, a horrible contract. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I mean, and that was that was before the NHL went and started using Luongo as uh, an example. But that amnesty buyout that the Isles exercised in 2013 took that 4.5 AAV, took it off the cap because it was an amnesty buyout. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, 1.5 million through to the end of the 28 29 season. Wild. Yeah. And yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played since. Uh, he hasn't played in Europe. Oh, why would he? From what I can tell. Yeah. Anywho. Um, um, but, yeah, but yeah, looking at the Islanders, I mean, they, they back to I the mean, sort of cap space. They're not in horrible Yeah, know, talk about bad contracts, trouble. though. Zach Parise, they have on their books as well. Not that he's got a bad contract anymore. <laughs> but... Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So his seven hundred and fifty thousand um, for one season, not horrible. 
Um, but yeah, Barzell, seven, Anders lead the not goaltender, seven million. Nelson, uh, uh, Brock Nelson, six million. Um, on the blue line, uh, Ryan Pillock, 6.15. Adam, uh, is it Pellick, I think? Um, 5.7. I mean, they have like, they have some sizable contracts, two of them on their blue line, one of them up front already. Um, the Barzell being the extension that kicks in next year, nine one five. Uh, but um, yeah, good for Bo. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we hope it works out for him. We're glad it's not Boston, but yeah, it's certainly not like the cup contender he was hoping for. No, well, I mean, there was thought that the Hurricanes might be in on Bo Horvat, um, but the hot rumor is that the Vancouver Canucks wouldn't provide permission to talk to the uh, player, and that was a condition for the team to actually really come to the table. Um, some thought Seattle uh, might be interested in in bringing Bo down the I-5, though I'd have to think Seattle pays a premium, not only a West Coast premium, but a Vancouver yeah. not wanting to feel the heat every time Horvat's in the stadium and the fans cheer him on. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I mean, the talk, the talk with the Bruins deal was stalled when the Bruins wouldn't give, like give up Brandon Carlo in the deal. Like, It's just crazy to me that the Canucks are just trying to get these roster players all the time. It's like, no, no, no. you need to be getting well, that- Young prospects and picks. That's no, no, no. We're we're roster players. We need a. We we're, we're not rebuilding. We're 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 focusing on major surgery. That doesn't include like replacement parts. I just or that yeah, includes replacement parts. Sorry. Yeah, it does seem wild to me that it's just like the Canucks are still delusional enough to think about that. Yeah, um, and the fact that like. Bo Horvath is their first good player they've given up in years, right? Not yeah. just like some problem player they've had to sweeten the deal to get off the books. Someone used the analogy that the Vancouver Canucks idea of major surgery is that their car has broken down and instead of going and either replacing the car, getting a new one, um, or alternatively getting um, the par- a new part to replace the ones that are broken, uh, they're going to the wreck yard um, to find a junker that'll buy them a few extra years before yeah. they have to go and do it again. And that, like that analogy makes so much sense. Like how many different, you know, old parts from junker cars have gone into the Vancouver Canucks engine over the years and have not given any more results because their prime's done. Like mm-hmm. at best they get the engine running and the fuel economy is shot. It's a great analogy. I wish mm-hmm. it was mine. Um, Kuzmenko, he, as we said, signed a deal. Um, it is a bridge deal. He's going to be on uh, the books for the next uh, two seasons at 5.5 million. Um, he apparently, um, had approached the team and said, let's make a deal. We don't want to go anywhere. And it happened quick. (laughs) Um, what I find interesting as far as timing is concerned is that his parents were in town, as was his childhood friend. Yeah, who, wasn't that funny? Just like, what? like, yeah, mom, dad, childhood friend. Mom, well, well, mom, a, well the, the, the letter was mom, dad, sister, childhood sister. friend. 
Yeah, childhood, childhood friend. friend. But, but, you know, like <laughs> if if it's like, oh, it happened quick and mom and dad were here, I uh, – there's there's some thought like okay are are the Canucks actually you know telling the whole story but then Kuzmenko is just he seems so genuine that part of me wonders did mom and dad want to come and actually check out the city check out the people because he's saying I like it I want to stay they had a yeah he says I chat, like it a lot right and they're like yeah you know you've been good to our boy you can stick around like if this is the case. One, did the Canucks get a discount? Who knows? I mean, at five, five people will say, heck no. But let's be honest. Would he have gotten that on the market the way he's been playing this season? Maybe. I mean, the fancy stats suggest he's performing at a level beyond. Yeah, it's going to come down like the shooting percentage and he's playing with Pedersen and he's very good at getting on the end of passes. Um, The deal in the back. Huh? Just put your stick on the ice. Oh yeah, pylon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like in a vacuum, it's a good deal. Um, he's the kind of player you want to see stick around. He's good for marketing. He's good for fans. Um, he has a great attitude. He wants to learn. Um, and yeah, he plays great with Pedersen. But like, is it the Cannondale Canucks should be signing? Possibly not. That's a lot of money to well, throw at a player. What is it that you and I liked 26. about the Bo Horvat deal? Like the, the trade. What is it that you and I liked about that trade? Oh, the pick. The pick. Is it possible that Kuzmenko at the deadline gets you a pick from a rental team? Like could use a, you know, a serviceable player. I mean, the price point that he would you yeah, know, be right. paid it's this a, season is say, less than a million dollars. Yeah. It's a good price point. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not bringing them back in the, in, in, well, I'm not going to say in all likelihood. Um, but I mean, it, you're right in a vacuum. Good deal. We're not in a vacuum. And yeah. I, I, I'm not against Kazmenko. Like anytime someone's asked me, Oh, he's like one of my favorite players on the team right yeah, now. Yeah. It's been great to watch. And, um, on topic ish off the rails, um, Wyatt's been talking about this quite a bit, especially s- since the departure of Bruce. And he said it many times before this. Vancouver Canucks fans will support a player or a coach who shows up, works hard every day, mm-hmm. genuinely looks like they want to be here and, and show that appreciation and return to the fans. Like we will go to the walls. One of the reasons why we, you know, Jags, in the past have been the players who we've overvalued. And it's because we, we truly appreciate. So like a kid like Kizmenko who loves the city, loves the fans, genuinely hustles, works hard. We love him. Bo Horvat. I know there are some that don't like him, but I don't think anyone would have ever commit, you know, question his commitment, his hustle, showing up to work, Mm -hmm. um, being good for the city. Like that's, that's the stuff we love. What we don't like and generally show disdain to are those who don't fit within that mold. <laughs> there hmm. have been many, and there may be a few on the team right now, but to that effect, I mean, to what he says, I completely agree. And it's why for, you know, Kuzmenko, I would have rather he be dealt and an asset be brought back in return, but Hey, I'm going to be happy cheering him on next season. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get traded to one of the non 12 teams. 
that are on his no trade list. Do you think Edmonton's on there? Just like gosh, I don't. Know. Don't take me. To, they took me to Joey. <laughs> hey, choice. Choice Edmonton might be a classy joint. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Joey's. I'm not above going to Joey's. But oh, like, I've been to Joey too. I, I just am I not I, an I, NHL player. You're trying to a future NHL player. You're trying to impress. Yeah, I mean, I. But this thing, it could be that the Joey in Edmonton is like, you know how like restaurants have some like showcase locations and an elevated experience. Maybe the Edmonton one is breathing directly into the microphone, but I was just (laughs) finding it hard to believe. I don't know. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, we'll see. Um, As you say, we'll enjoy him whilst he's playing because he is very enjoyable to watch. He's a fun personality, but yes would have been yeah. fun to see what we could get oh. also yes the um the other thing that we should probably talk about too uh before we jump out of rewind is that uh, uh rick talkett has had his uh, first week behind the vancouver connects bench where they had uh, a handful of games and uh i think you know an app title of this episode prior to everything that went down today uh, might have been the talk it of the town, TikTok it. You yeah, know. I was trying to find a talk it pun and I didn't come up with one. Um, I came up with a different pun, but that episode title's Lost of the Sand of Time. Um, yeah. If you want, we can just read out the sentence that I put together on my rundown and be done with it. Rick's week in charge, or sorry, Rick's first week in charge. Blackhawks are bad. Kraken are good now. The Canucks PK is still bad. Shaw TV is bad. Uh, the Kuzi PD partnership is still good, but PD and JT are they quote unquote good? There you go. Okay, like, so I, the bo- as in you good? Like, are we good, bro? That's yeah. I mean, just to give you my thoughts: Are the Blackhawks bad? They are. Uh, the Canucks were trying to show that they were almost as bad. Um, the Kraken are definitely good, and I love Kraken fans with their Bruce. There it is, chant. I mean, I'm going to presume it's Kraken fans giving us the Bruce. There it is. Maybe there's a few Canucks fans in there, but if it's Kraken fans, epic troll. That's awesome. Props yeah. to you. Um, the Canucks PK. I mean, talk it wasn't going to fix it in a week. Um, no, I think it's everyone true. under the sun knows it's bad. I don't think it's going to improve over the course of the the season, despite their best efforts. I mean, a personnel maybe just with trades and stuff, but let's be honest. Bo Horvat, who is probably one of their, you know, key face-off guys and on a PK that can't win face-offs is never going to be good. Well, guess what? You don't have him anymore. Yeah. I um, mean, when you were putting out a player just to take defensive zone face-offs and then take him off again, you know you're in trouble. So. Yeah. Uh, Shaw TV. I heard there were problems, but I'm a Telus TV customer. I did not experience problems, but I do think back to the days of – Canucks pay-per-view when I worked at Shaw and boy, oh boy, did I hate those nights. I hated the night of the pay-per-view and I hated the following day because if there was so much as a blip, the Canucks would go and say, oh, call the provider. Mm -hmm. I worked at Shaw, so it would have been Shaw. But more often or not, the problem was at the source. Like it was the Vancouver Canucks broadcast center, the uh, company or third party they brought in to film and ultimately, you know, funnel yeah. the the feed and 
there wasn't very much that Shaw Tellus or anyone could do. And it's one of the reasons why when the pay-per-view was, didn't work, it didn't work for anyone. It's because it was a source issue. And the team was like, not us. Don't worry. We got our money. We're good. Well, yeah. But clearly this time it was very much oh. a short, short TV issue. And what, I wasn't what thinking actually of happened? you. Well, like, does, I, was it not authorized or or? It's yeah, that's I, I've what seen it said. It that said comment. that it was league issues or like league restrictions. That's what it said, mm. and everyone was very mad about it. And Shaw TV was just like the whole game. Just said they were investigating it. Like they didn't provide any updates really. So, so, so I, 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 the technology has changed since I last worked there, but. Like as you and probably our listeners know, like Sportsnet has a variety of different feeds. So does TSN. And in some of these feeds, they have regional rights coverage. So like TSN is a rights holder for the Winnipeg Jets. And so you might see in your guide, Winnipeg Jets are playing, but we in Vancouver cannot. And Shaw is obligated to ensure that we can't see the feed. So there's technology working on the back end that identifies information that's attached to the feed and whether or not it'll be shown. If I were to hazard a guess what occurred with this particular game is that it was broadcast on a regional feed, but then a, you know, a one or a zero, whatever it would happen to be, the flag mm-hmm. was, was toggled incorrectly. Yeah, and that doesn't get fixed in real time. Yeah. That's um, a, that's, that's a done deal. Yeah. It was unfortunate. I was in a bar um, settling in for the night. Um, and so we'd ordered a like big pint, and then it was like, oh, so well, you get to drown your sorrows in that pint. Yeah, we finished our pint, headed back to my friend's house, and um, got it up on Sportsnet now um, subscription. So we were able to watch the second and third period. But yeah, it was unfortunate. People were mad, but like every like we went into another bar to check. You know, they were having the same issue still, and it hadn't been resolved. And they just had the basketball on, and we said, oh, like you having trouble with the Canucks game? And they were like, what Canucks game? And I was like, cool. What, 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 I mean, may I ask what establishment this was? This was the local, um, hmm. which I've watched quite a few games at. Um, well, no, I, 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 I was thinking town, like, yeah. it, you know, like if there are, depending on different places, there's clientele, but that would be one that I would think would have the Canucks game on. So yeah, the fact that the- it wasn't probably shows you, how enthused people are yeah. to watch a Canucks game in a bar right now. Yeah, apparently. Um, but um, just to recap, Canucks 5-2 over Chicago, 6-1 to Seattle, unfortunately. Uh, Seattle's first win, and boy, did they ever. And then uh, the Vancouver Canucks came home and beat the Blue Jackets 5-2 to give Tockett a two out of three dubs to kick off his, uh, his tenure as coach. The meatloaf score. Anywho, we're going to take ourselves a short break. Not as long as the Vancouver Canucks one. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? And that because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson. you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He and play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. I, I kind of got us into sort of what we were going to talk about with half full, half empty as part of yeah. Rewind. But that He's said... Already, but yeah. There's a lot more going on. Like, for instance, Bo's gone because Mako's still here. What does this mean? We got into that. It means that the Vancouver Canucks are acknowledging that they are in a, whatever you want to call it, but a tank for this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's a clear indication that they have, you know, resigned themselves to not being in the playoffs, which honestly, I think we knew when they said Bruce was gone. We got some very candid responses from Alvin and, and Rutherford along those lines, albeit maybe less candid than they needed to be and more candid Mm. than they should be. (laughs) But then when we start to look at sort of what else is going on with the team, now question marks come up like, Hey, you've got some players who are cooking down in, uh, in Abbotsford, um, in, in Bod Colson and and Hoglander. Um, Do they find an opportunity to come up and get to experience the Rick Tockett to show or do you leave them down in, in Abbotsford? Um, I mean, if you're asking me, I would say leave them. Like, yeah, let them cook. Let them cook. Let the babies cook. Um, especially as we <laughs> got. This, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. What is the the nursery tale where the kids are being put in the oven? Oh, like um, the witch that cooks them that gets them all fat yeah. and tries to cook them. Yeah. It's not, it's not Riding Hood, is it? No. Is that Hansel and Gretel, maybe? Yeah, Hansel and Gretel. There we go. Hansel and Gretel. Um, Hogs yeah. and Pods. Hansel <laughs> and Gretel. Same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially with this trade with Rachi coming back, that could be fun to see like um, him playing down with Pocos in and Hoglander. Baby Canucks are doing well. Like They're not like running away with anything but you know they're playing some good hockey um some good ahl level hockey but nonetheless um and i think it's really good for podcolson and hoglander and they're both kind of aware of the process and committed to that so like yeah what's the point leave them there uh not in your notes but um something that's worth mentioning is the vancouver canucks lost a pd Yes, um, I did originally have him in my notes, and I think he got bumped with all that was going on. But yes, the Canucks are PD down. Um, 
They don't like having more than two PDs at once. Um, yeah. Well, tan, gone. What's going to happen when they have Plain two, Peterson, you know, gone. two two PDs as opposed to two PDs? Yeah. Um, but I mean, what we're talking about, Lane, Lane, Lane Peterson was placed on waivers, uh, which some might say why, like it wasn't a requirement. Well, the funny thing is, is the moment he hit the waiver wire, people are like, there's a deal. That's got to be it. That's got to be free yeah, yeah. up space. And and maybe maybe it was. Maybe it was related to the deal that was consummated today. We don't know. With a uh, certain I haven't heard that's the case. Consummated, consummated, consumé. Um, you know, when you finished your your yep. dinner, you have consummated the consumé. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Columbus claimed uh, Peterson off of waivers, um, having seen him. I think Peterson played on uh, on Friday. Did he not? Yeah, yeah, which was interesting, right? And then that's when people said, "Are you not allowed to play people? They're on waivers." Turns out, yeah, you are. People just tend not. Well, to- hey, you're allowed to play players who are going to be shut down for the rest of the season. You know, five <laughs> minutes after the game is over, I mean, so why not? True. It does seem crazy um, though that you are allowed to play people that are on waivers because, like, what if they get injured and then it's just like, oh. Well, we were going to claim him, and you just like hand over this broken part. Well, I don't know when the like the claim. It's a there's a, a deadline to have the claims in, and if you know, it's not like first come first serve. It no, is first order. come first serve based on the order, and so arguably you just if oh he's hurt now we withdraw our claim, as most teams probably would with that update, but. But yeah, Lane Peterson, uh, he is going to find himself uh, playing for the Blue Jackets. Um, Related to what we just spoke about, uh, the Vancouver Canucks earlier in the day had scheduled a press conference. Alvin was going to be talking to the the local media. It was going to be happening Friday morning. This was announced, I think, on the Thursday. Then on Friday morning, it's been delayed until after the game, at which point people are like, Oh yeah, well, the Canucks are looking to bury bad news. The fact that they were going to have this conversation in the morning, but have delayed it. I don't know if that's what was happening. Part of me wonders if they decided that it wouldn't be good to go and say we're going to shut down a player, but then play him. Let's shut play him, then shut him down. Mm. I mean, or was it they were going to shut him down before the game, but then realized they needed him to play? I don't know, but. What ultimately came out of the the conversation that Alvin had with media was that um, uh, Ilya Mikheyev had suffered an, uh, an ACL tear. Uh, this occurred in September when it was rumored to have occurred. Um, I'm trying to think who it was in the media that reported. I think it was Frank Saravelli that had reported that early indications it's not good it's an acl tear and then it comes back no 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 he's fine he's strong he can play Uh, he's been cleared and people were like look at the media trying to stir things up no it totally was torn Mm -hmm. and ultimately the conversation that happened at that point was that well can you damage it any further no and the medical team and mckayev worked it up to have him play through to that point. Now they've decided to shut him down because one, uh, the time after the surgery and then the recovery time would give him an opportunity to be back in time for pre, you know, training camp next year. Now this season's a write off, but I'd ask why now, why not like a week ago? Like, 
claim. Yeah. I don't know what the deal was. Like, when you're saying they needed him to play, like, gosh. Like, I mean, run the team without a forward. Like, your farm team's just down the road, although I think they were in Arizona at the time. But, like, there's no way you need a player to play that one game. Um, It seems crazy to me that, like, I guess it's a new team. It's a new contract. He's trying to... Well, I, I, I understand the decision he's making earlier in the season to continue to play. Like, you know, I mean, I do and I don't. Well, okay. I mean, you're right. So like, I, I, this is an injury that I personally experienced. I, I blew out my, my left ACL, um, during softball game. And once the swelling in my knee had come down, as far as it felt to me, I was fine. Now I wasn't. The stability in my knee was yeah. off considerably, but the way uh, the the ligament functions is when your muscles are slack, it's what keeps your joint in place. So as long as your your leg muscles are engaged, like you're walking in that, your muscles are what's actually keeping things good. It's the moments of that slackness, and then the ligament not there. Things start to shift, bad things ensue. There are ways to to obviously add some artificial support. So like knee braces, we see, I mean, football players wearing knee braces all the time, though in that case, I think they're more often the additional support to, to supplement what the ligaments are providing, though I'm not a doctor. I've only stayed in a Holiday Inn Express once. Um, but what was of thinking, to your point? Just signed a deal, new team. What were the Canucks honestly thinking of this season? We're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. They they were delusional. Um, yeah, but yeah, I guess your point is like, why now? Like, what's so different? Like this and see, week from last week. Yeah, like to me, like I I understand. Okay, if he, his timing is I want to be here and ready for training camp there's a sort of point in, as to which surgery occurs and recovery. Like when I had my surgery, I was explicitly told for the next three months, protect your knee. I needed to do rehab, strength training, what have you, but I couldn't just return. Like as much as it was structurally sound, it takes time for the repair to ultimately heal. Like the, you know, the blood flow to reestablish and all of that jazz. And during that time, you're actually in uh, a greater level of risk to, yeah. to ruin the repair. I mean, so that time, time, yeah, it's three months, like, yeah. yeah, for me, it was three months. That was what the doctor said. I would imagine it's probably the same for a professional athlete, mm. right? Yeah, he might be returning on a three month mark. Me, I was like six months at best to get to where I was before. Um, but you know, last week during the press conference, they're like, "Our season's done. We are tanking, aren't we?" Hey. Why did he have to play three more games? Yeah. I mean, why did Bruce have to sit there for two extra games? When... True. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, it's not the most egregious thing I've seen. Like, it kind of sort of speaks in general to um, hockey culture. And our listeners who have read um, our friend Aaron Bowl-Paddy's book, like, will know there's a lot of that. And they're playing through pain just to get that um 
but like as you say like and as both <laughs> Mikhev and his agent have reminded us you know the Canucks didn't force us like this is totally our decision blah 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 but it's in the context of everything else right it's in the context of Tanner Pearson who is still out that picture is still out yeah like it look, like I don't know what if it's a like I was trying to figure out is it a brace is it is it like um I don't know what the it's called where you have like the metal rods like and the screw like the bolts out of protruding out of your skin holding bones and things in place like yeah, there's a traction I think is the term but hmm. it yeah it did like just from the the picture we saw it does not look good and you know this was an injury that was supposed to be a few weeks to now a few years <laughs> like there, there's so much unknown there yeah um, such a demco you know who's meant to be out for six weeks now it's like 12 plus right well and so uh, the demco one i'm not i'm not willing to go and castigate the team completely because there's so much that we don't know not to suggest the team doesn't know either i think they do but mm-hmm. we know players are like mckay is a good example McKayev had to come out and say, it was a me decision. I'm the one who continued to play. Like the team was giving Mm -hmm. me options. They provided me all the support. I'm the one who chose to do this. There are players, and I think Demko is cut from that similar cloth. He would play if given an opportunity to do so, as opposed to not. And is it possible that in that situation, did that play into things? Because all we know is that he had a medical or surgical procedure in the offseason that fixed him, but it's an unknown as to what. Mm-hmm. And then there were thoughts that he wasn't looking quite right. Is there possibly a nagging injury or something like, you know, muscle strain, joint issue bugging him? And then when he got hurt, it was quite clear when it happened that it was bad almost instantly because you just, you could tell. And it was from a, like a non-contact play, which are always the yeah, worst yeah. when it's, when it's something like that. And it's, it's what appears to be a very grievous injury. You, there's, there's so much there now shutting him down. They sort of made that decision a week ago. Yeah. He's not coming back. We're not rushing this back. He's, he's, well, I don't think have, they've quite said he's shut down for the season. I don't think so, but yeah, I, I but think. The I know they've said they're not, not going to bring him back quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but on the on that note, um, Demko allegedly don't want to be here no more. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about like Demko is one of the untradeables, right? You know, behind, very much behind Pedersen and Quinn, um, but kind of. It got it would have to be a good deal because the Canucks need goaltending. Has he had a stellar year? Like before he got injured? No. Like, but I think it was just him averaging out a bit. Like he wasn't providing Vesna goaltending, but like done well, enough of that behind earlier, terrible defense. And earlier today, like Rick Dollywald come out and said that he felt that you know Demko was in the market, and Elliot Friedman had agreed that you know prior to sort of recent times would have never thought the Canucks would have moved on Demko. Uh, but based on what he's hearing, seems to be more possible. Uh, then you have Farhan Lalji on the van cast 
who asks this, how much in play do you think is Demco right now? I think it's a little bit more than people want to believe. Um, now, he then goes on and says, does Demco want to be here? From what he has heard, people around are close to it. This Demco does not want to be here. There is a conversation that he is not enamored with the market, the scrutiny, the organization. Pick it. It's all of it. Now, he went on to clarify that that doesn't mean the player is asked to be traded. No. But to my earlier point where I think we as a market, we'd be totally behind Demco. It comes out that he's maybe not enamored. That's a poison pill. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel I would just be curious about the specifics. Obviously, we're never going to hear those, but like, I feel like the scrutiny, the market, the organization just kind of gets thrown in together. And there's some, like, I understand the scrutiny in the market's hard, but so many people like enjoy that. And there's so many benefits that way, how hard it is to play in a hockey market. Um, but maybe taken in the context of, you know, the organization at large, maybe you're not trending in the right direction then. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I feel like those things get thrown in together a little too often. And yeah, who knows what it is. Um, we had a little chat in discord today about maybe non hockey reasons, uh, um, maybe Thatcher Demko is not enamored with the politics. Well, Vancouver, but well, I mean, what can you do about that? I think that's broader than Vancouver. Oh yeah, it certainly is. But um, like the market issue that I mean, Vancouver is a is a market that not all players I think are keen on. I get that. I accept it. I mean, just like you and I were talking about the you know Joey's in Edmonton, we're <laughs> not necessarily taking a shot at Joey's. We're more taking a shot at Edmonton. Yeah. Um, not every market has, you know, a, you know, sort of a, a sparkle in the eye of a player. Vancouver probably irritates a number of players. In fact, we've had, you know, players for tax reasons choose to live in the States and we've had players for other reasons to continue to live in the States, mm-hmm. living in like Blaine or in Point Roberts. We had a coach. Yeah. Tortorella who elected to live in Point Roberts while he was here. And, you know, there are reasons that just takes place overall so um yeah but like stuff like that not that we can control the you know the organization either but like you know the canucks is a market like and vancouver and canada is like a political entity it was never gonna that's not gonna change certainly not for hockey (laughs) um and like yeah, you can't control things. Literally, ten Connor McDavid's couldn't persuade me to live in Edmonton. Like playing with a whole team of Connor McDavid's could not persuade me to live in Edmonton. But I'm sure for some players that would be appetizing. Like whether it's the yeah, the lifestyle, the like teammates, um, tax reasons that can persuade you to live in some terrible places, or the way the team's going. But yeah, the way the team is going in Vancouver, it's not good. So that's not. And and to make it very clear, I mean, it, you and I have a perspective that's quite a bit different than someone who might be from Edmonton. Yeah, uh, I know. Like, elsewhere. I'm sorry, like, Albertans. But you well, know no, I but like, I, I want to, like, I, to me, if someone says, why wouldn't you want to live in Vancouver? I'm like, 
exactly. Why wouldn't you? Um, you know, I've had my, just personally, like people like, Oh, go move here, move there. Cost of living's better. Opportunities are great. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I just, I could, I cannot picture myself outside of, well, the Pacific Northwest, but for me, that's, you know, for reasons, Vancouver, Metro Vancouver. Um, but that's all I know. Yeah. Um, Jason Kenny, please stop calling us. We're not going to move to Alberta. Well, he's 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 not in charge anymore. Oh yeah, it got but- worse. Um, without getting <laughs> into the politics. Oh, you 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 need to. I mean, again, I'm. I mean, I, I try not yeah, to make C four that political, but I am showing my political slant in saying. Oh, it just got worse. you wait for the next <laughs> segment. Um. Well, let's not make them wait much longer and uh, dive into the F word. He liked to say the F word. Oh, then get the f here then. Okay, see ya. Right off. Off. He's going to have the F word on it. I wish I could give you a explanation about it. I can't. You, 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 you. Out of here. You said the F word, Dad. You called me the F word. I, I We went for a few episodes where we weren't talking about the culture problem the NHL has. Um, then last week we shared how in the state of Florida, the NHL was trying to do something progressive, something that uh, promoted inclusivity and found themselves in the, uh, the target of the, uh, the governor and decided that, ah, let's not piss off the governor for reasons. I mean, mm-hmm. it might be more than that, but it's unfortunate that the league chose to do this. Uh, we also spoke about uh, briefly how in uh, Philadelphia, a player elected uh, to not take part in uh, warm up on um, the on the Pride Night um, because it would have required him to wear a jersey with a rainbow colored mm-hmm. uh, lettering and logo, and that was against his his religious beliefs. And, uh, you know, again, as much as someone has every right to do that, it also comes with the realization that that's not promoting, you know, it's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to exclude this because it's not inclusive. Well, you're choosing to exclude. It's a promotion Mm -hmm. of exclusive, you know, the exclusion of, of others. Um, but you know, more has continued. I mean, the one that I, that, that's most recent, um, uh, news broke was breaking news on CTV this morning when I was watching the news uh, that uh, Bobby Hall passed away. Right. As a hockey player, Bobby Hall was a phenomenal player in his era. Yeah. Just like legendary level of play. And I think especially as, I'm someone that loves to promote the art of defense. So like Bobby Hall icon in terms yeah. of play on the ice. Off the ice. Not he a sucked. phenomenal person. He sucked. <laughs> Racist wife beater. Big Hitler stan. Like. Well, what are you talking about? He came out and had a press conference where he said, I am not this. Yeah, I just think Hitler had some good ideas. Um, Yeah. So there's been a lot of people online today saying 
Um, you know, don't jump on his legacy. He's just died. But I think, like, it's a good time. You don't to make end- it political, Anna. <sighs> like, yeah. It's not a time for politics. It's just like, no, you can say, like, if no one said anything about his death, maybe you don't have to <laughs> bring it up. Well, but, like, people are celebrating him. And, like, without, like, mitigating it with, also, he was a terrible person. So, you need to say it. There, you know, this is the thing that I that that confuses me. It's bigger than the NHL. There are extremely talented people on this planet who do amazing things with that talent, who are equally horrible in many other ways. Yeah, and ha- I don't understand why you can't acknowledge both. Because if you choose to acknowledge one over the other. It should be fair that you can say both. Like it, it it's not like, I, oh well, this discounts that. No, it doesn't. I um did like the title of um the article that was just like Bobby Hall is not complicated. Cause he isn't. He wasn't a like difficult or complex person. He sucked. Um so I think we need to stop beating around the bush. About that, I, I do want to. Sorry, please keep going because I want to. Well, I was going to say, I saw someone trying else. to say, "Well, it's a different. It was a different era." You know what? I, I I could accept that if you saw, "Hey, I was I was a horrible person. I have since learned and grown from this. There's nothing I can do to mitigate what I said, but I'm going to own that I said it, and I see how wrong I am." Like, I, I mean, you know what I mean? It's you're, you're trying to atone for wrongs that you cannot go back and, 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 and remedy, but you show that growth that did not happen here. Yeah. And like he died either yesterday or today. So it's not like he didn't exist in the one world. Well, if, if for some reason, let's say, I don't know, for whatever reason he was in the news cycle, would we have talked about him the same way we are talking about him today? Possibly outside of the fact that we wouldn't be saying he died. Yeah. And Phenomenal I, yeah. player, horrible person. Right. And as a segue, the modern world ain't that great, by the way. Um, you were talking about um, the Pride Night that wasn't in Philadelphia. Like, Ivan Provorov declined to participate. And then we saw the New York Rangers who advertised their Pride Night as. Players are wearing jerseys, pride jerseys for warm-up. Um, they're wearing pride tape on their sticks, except when they weren't. So the Pride Night still went ahead. There was an LGBTQ plus leader dropping the park, I believe. Um, it was named as a Pride Night, but it was muted. Like, right? That's They didn't say anything, but you know, you're a LGBTQ plus fan and you're like a Rangers fan and you, you know, that's a game you're excited for. You say, oh yeah, I'm going to watch my team and they're going to skate around in their pride jerseys. And like, if you can't even do the symbolic gesture, like people might say, oh yeah, but it's just symbolism. Like it's just a gesture. It doesn't mean anything. But if you can't even do the gesture, <laughs> yeah, 
that's a problem. It's it's akin. Well, I mean, again, akin to sort of what I shared last episode. It's amazing how something so colorful scares so many people. And I know it's yeah. more than that. Like in the, the message and and what it means is far more than that. But how like and I mean, not hockey related, but we we brought I brought up the Pink Floyd anniversary mm-hmm. and how. An album of light hitting a prism and shattering into the visible colors, which we all learn in school. I mean, I don't know what they how they describe it to you uh, from the old country, but here it's Roy G. Biv. Yeah. That's how you learn the Richard colors of, of the rainbow. Richard of York gave battle and raid. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Richard of York gave battle in vain. That's how you remember it. Uh, okay. Um, but... But again, in this model, somehow it's, oh, they've gone woke, man. Yeah. <laughs> that That's indicative of you not knowing Pink Floyd. Um, and if you do, you never knew them. Yeah. Uh, um, the article, by the way, that I brought up, brought up, Bobby Hall was not complicated. That's in The Defector, written by Barry Pachesky. I'm going to put these in Discord and probably tweet them because there's also another great article on Deadspin by, I believe the author's called... Sam Pels, Sam Fells, excuse me, um, called the NHL isn't for you, and that's about um, the Pride Knights that won, um, and it's angry, and it's searing, and it's I haven't quite finished it yet, but it's pretty good, and it's funny we mentioned um, you can play in passing last week, not realizing like really how, yeah, they've been lame. I've been a huge You Can Play supporter over the years. I've raised money for them. Um, I bought their merch, but honestly, it seems clear that they're more interested in, you know, pandering to the NHL um, than calling out bigotry where it happens. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm quoting from memory, and I'm an old person so my memory isn't that good but like their executive director was talking about how it's important to look at the gains that we've made and how in this night this is still a good thing and yeah and we need to make room for everyone and everyone's opinion it it, you know it that that, that's the type of thing that i could see you you or not you with the proverbial you say if equity existed right it doesn't. So it's it's not like I don't think we've reached that stage yet. Yeah, and um, in the article, the Sam Fells article, he mentioned like, what do gay NHLers think? Because they exist. We don't know who they are, but they exist. And I don't know if he goes on to mention um, Luke Prokop specifically, but like, this isn't just a you know a femoral idea. Oh, we know NHLers exist. We're like. Queer, but we don't know who they are. Like we know there is an openly gay NHL prospect who's mm-hmm. playing very well um in the WHL. Like so he's going to come to the NHL and what does he see like um yeah. the season or the couple of seasons before he makes it? This is what he sees. Like this is the environment he's coming into. It sucks. It really does. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to talk about more positive things in NHL culture next season because it won't be happening this year. Nope. Doesn't seem so. 
Or should we be focusing on the good things, Anna? Yeah, you tell me what those are. Okay, I will put together an exhaustive list of good things. Yeah, sure. We can talk about it. Um, So, yeah. Quick recap. Bye-bye, Bo. Kuz is to stay. The ship is captainless. Although um, Alvin in his his press conference brought up the names of Hughes and Pedersen as being captain material. Did not bring up Miller. Weird. He had such um, good temperament. So, well, actually, there were, and, and yeah, we didn't talk about it here, but like um, Elliot Friedman, when he was uh, talking here in Vancouver, had talked about the core being uh, Pedersen, Hughes, Pedersen, Hughes. There was, th- I think, three players. It was Pedersen, Hughes, and one more name as being the core. Um, didn't include Miller, which then lit things on fire, but then later in the day on a Toronto station said, I I misspoke. I should have included Miller as being on the core. Mm-hmm. Um, still, honest to goodness, if, if Alvin and Rutherford are playing 5D chess and Miller gets traded um, to some other team before his no trade kicks in, hey, y'all, you guys are like phenomenal. I withdraw everything up, you know, that I've said in anger. Yes, like – I will, we'll give them all the flowers. I will eat as much humble pie as necessary. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, here we are at the end of a show. We'll be back again next week. The Vancouver Canucks will have played how many games? Zero. They do, however, play while we record. Um, they'll be on the road out east after their their bye week. They kick things off uh, on the 6th against the, uh, the Devils. Before playing but, the Islanders twice in a week. Yeah, you know, should be fun. Good times. Um, the uh, well, the Rangers twice in a week. You, the Islands are just once on the ninth. Don't we they play, play them, the oh, like the seventeenth or something? Maybe it's like ten days fif- later. Fifteenth. So the it's the Rangers on the eighth and the fifteenth home and home. Oh, okay. Uh, Islanders on the ninth, and then that's it. We don't. Okay. Yeah, we don't see just the Isles in Vancouver until next just season. Because that's already happened. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, uh, it's it's New York, New York. They play Detroit, Detroit. Um, <laughs> it's actually 11-13s Detroit, Detroit. New York Rangers is eight and fifteen. So, yeah, but um, yes, um, I've already, and also between times, there's an all star game that Bo may or may not be playing in. I hope he does well, get to play. I think he does, but what jersey does he wear? Yeah. Like I, that has to have been printed. Like, is it, I mean, that would be so silly that it'd be like the Canucks logo on the shoulder, but he's no longer a Canuck player. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Or does he play in a new jersey, uh, sorry, new New York um, jersey on the skills comp and then in a Pacific jersey? Maybe it'll be a neutral NHL jersey. It'll yeah. be part of the NHLers. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Could be. Yeah. I bet I hope he does get to go because it's a cool thing. Yeah. Anywho, here we are. End of a show. We'll be back in a week. Um, that may or may not include me. I don't know if I'm taking the week off. We'll see. Yes, to be confirmed. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if uh, y'all want to keep in touch with us, and you probably do, Anna, how can they go about doing that? I love it when you just throw to me when I'm not expecting it. 
Um, we're on Twitter at the C4 Podcast, also on Facebook at the C4 Podcast. Um, if you want to talk to us on Discord, because like I'm sure we'll be debating the merits of the trade, the bow trade, and the Chris Manco deal, as well as posting pictures of our dinner for weeks to come. That's discord.io forward slash C4 Podcast. You got it. I love how I stalled for time and then didn't look it up. Um, but <laughs> I did get it. So, yeah, come talk park with us. Um, I'll be posting the articles I talked about there as well. So we can have a chat about that. And if you want to support our show and uh, choose to do so either monthly or on just a one-time basis, uh, you can throw a few bucks our way by going to support.c4podcast.com. That'll take you over to buy me a coffee where you can aptly instead buy us a pint or two or three. Obviously. Yes, because, I mean, I like coffee. I do. I love coffee, but I like pints. But I like pints. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Any final words of wisdom there, Anna? Um, Just to say that it's been a privilege to watch the young Bohorvat grow into man under the tutelage of the Sedins and become a leader for the Canucks. And we wish him all the very best of luck because I know he listens. Yes, I mean, I second that. Mr. Bowie William Horvat. Uh, fare thee well. Enjoy your time in Nassau. Actually, where where do they play no, they, now, right they now? They play at UBS. Still Brooklyn? It's called. No, no, they moved back to um, Long Island, but it's called well, the UBS. It's a brand new arena. Okay. I mean, I, I but like in Long Island, the, the previous seat was in Nassau. And now, yeah, yeah. Which I Whatever think was falling apart even more than the Saddle Dome and Rogers currently is. Maybe not there as was, much um, as the Joe did, but I'm trying to think. Was it a thirty and thirty or whatever? It was. Uh, there, there were a couple um, shows that one talked about sort of just the Islanders in general, um, and like, and then there was the other one that spoke about how uh, someone who bought the team who had no money to by the team was able to essentially fake his way into becoming an NHL owner. Um, I mean, you don't need money to buy a sports team. Just ask the Glazers and United fans. I'm curious what that oh, big shot. That's what it was. Yeah. If you've, if you've not seen the 30 for 30, it's an ESPN films, big shot. Watch it. It's, it's glorious. Um, it talks about John Spano and how he came to own the Islanders when he had absolutely no money to his name. Yeah, like, and we're talking about like quite literally faking documents, sending it into the league, sending it to banks and them saying thumbs up. It all checks out. <laughs> yeah. No and, money. Our owners don't have a clue. So, and the scary thing is, is he probably could have gotten away with it except for the fact that there was a TV deal that fell through late in the game, but had that TV deal injected cash into the situation, he would have been able to simply keep things going based on cash on hand. So it's glorious. He actually, they, they interview him and they talk to him and he actually shares. Sounds a bit like Alan Stanford in cricket. Maybe not as bad. I don't know if he's as, bad an egg as alan stanford is but yeah. well john spano went to jail did this guy okay. go to jail he's still in jail 
Oh, okay. Well, John isn't in jail anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was actually a podcast series about Alan Stanford and what happened with that. So that's an interesting story too. Cool. Well, on behalf of Anna, A4SA03, myself, Chris, and Lightforce, signing off this week's episode of the C4 Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com with We Out.